What's happening, you filthy casuals, and welcome back to The Casual Couch. We're doing another episode. We made it to two. Didn't really think it was going to happen myself. We're not the most, the most productive in the world, but we've made it to two, and we're on the back of UFC 257. We were totally not going to record this on Sunday. Like we, There was no plans for that, and I'm no, too hung over and not me at all. Yeah, definitely. No, it wasn't so, yeah. as though it was all Gary's fault and this wasn't out earlier, but that's fine. Don't worry about it. I mean, in my Gary, defense, did... I don't wake up. So I'm just going to say hi, listeners, viewers, whatever you are, and let's just go straight into what happened, Gary? To who? To, to me? To, to Conor McGregor? To on uh, Sunday. I just hung over. Actually, I never mm. even introduced us. I never introduced myself the first time either. Oh, I'm Gary well, Friel. This is Sam yeah. Vickery. Now we'll make oh, the yeah. little things appear on the bottom of the screen that look quite nice. So, yeah, welcome to that. Yeah, it was going to be out on Sunday. We're looking for these sort of fallout episodes <sighs> at the end. Got too hungover. First time drinking all month. Didn't really work out, but alas, we're here. It'll come out on Friday. No UFC this weekend, so we're not really missing too much anyways, I suppose. Theoretically. Big big KSW, we'll talk a little bit about that. Got a couple of yeah. events, but not for not for the rest of the casuals, obviously. So you can just log off. No, nah, I'm kidding. Don't, don't, don't leave. Um, so the... we can start off with UFC 257, I suppose. Jump straight into that little event. Not a lot of buzz about it, I suppose. No, Just the small under the radar watching. one. So uh, I guess I think it was 1.7 million pay per view buys, apparently. That that's it's only like the third of all time or something like that, right? Yeah, only third of all time. I think more importantly, it's it's since ESPN, it's been harder to buy it, and there was streaming issues and all sorts <laughs> of fucking things. People were fucking raging during the whole event, but it was um, as an event overall. I mean, we'll talk about the main event in a minute, but not great, as in you know, entertainment wise. I uh, thought it was pretty solid. The the prelims weren't weren't the most entertaining in the world. Quite a lot of decisions, and they just kind of hung on decisions. They weren't like wars or anything like that. But I definitely think yeah. it started cooking as we got closer to the main event. Sort of time, like, you got the last three fights anyways. Obviously, I'm going to be big on JoJo's fight. So the last three fights, ironically, the ones that coincided with when I got most drunk. So it's weird how I enjoyed those ones Yeah, it's most. strange how that happens, really, isn't it? It's <laughs> uh, usually bizarre. the most drunk moment. But, I mean, <laughs> for me, it was uh, for the, this whole event... Yeah, the, the JoJo fight was good. Like you say, it was probably just the last three that were really very interesting. Obviously, Andrew Sanchez got murdered um, by Maradov before that. But is that a fight that really many people were tuning in for? Well, I can tell probably you they not, didn't. Really. Uh, they, no. they didn't know about it anyways, because before this event, I've seen a lot of people posting some pretty homophobic shit about Muradov as well online, but they were like, oh, this guy's going to debut in the UFC soon. He's fought like multiple times. Like he's he's been well, there for a yeah. while. It's that he, he, had, like, a, he had a history of doing some sort of like softcore gay porn shit. I don't know. He's got a wife and kids though, so. I mean. Who cares? You know, we've all done that. We've all been there. Listen, Sam's you know, still there. I mean, there's the expression "gay for pay," right? And <laughs> you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And if you got to make those bills, you got to whack off on yeah. camera. The fact that people were just saying like, "Oh, this guy's going to debut soon," and they met, they said along the lines, "I did see the line a dark past and shit," and I'm just like, oh, "MMA fans, shut." Is up. it a dark past? <laughs> yes. Is that a dark past? And then we've got people like saying Alex uh, Emilianenko should definitely have been in the UFC. Well, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about Just Dark Past. A little bit of a Dark Past with him, yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, this is MMA fans, though, isn't it? Dark is a very strange term for these people. Because and then voting so, for Joe Biden is dark. It's um, Look, whatever you do is dark. You know, you're a piece <laughs> of shit in MMA fans' eyes, no matter what you do. I mean, uh, unless you're actually Ian Kidd, we should give him a shout-out because <laughs> Bloody Elbow is still profiting <laughs> off his... Uh, of his articles on this. We just want to mention that. So we've you, jumped in you, pretty hardcore there. So, so far, we've touched, on, like... <laughs> we've touched on homophobia. And I, I guess whatever Alexander Milenko, I know there was some in there. I don't know. Some of these words are probably going to get muted. Know. Our channel will be fucked allegedly, before we even get going. I, I don't think I don't think Alexander Milenko is allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly, <laughs> so he went to jail for say. some time. So. But yeah, allegedly, if we move directly on from that at full speed, <laughs> uh, what stands out from the uh, from the prelims to you? What were you feeling from them? What what stood out from the prelims? Well, I was actually just looking at the card now because, to be honest with you, I'd forgotten <laughs> the, the prelims. So there was, there was there was about there was about seven fights, but I think the only one that actually stood out to me is a half decent fight. Was well, two uh, Tavares versus Carlos Jr. was a decent fight, it was just a, a half decent scrap. It wasn't anything amazing, but you yeah. know what you're going to get with Tavares, right? You know, it's going to be a three rounder minimum, and you know that basically minimum? he's going to come. I think in. he's going to be in a title fight any day now. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> minimum because it's never going to be ended before that. Let's yeah, face yes. it, he, he's not he's not a guy with finishing power, he's not a guy. He's not a guy who even puts combinations together. He's just got good basics and just what he does. And he, he's very good at those things. He's very good at getting in and out. In he looks good, but he's not great. You know, he's one of those fighters. And it, I mean, it was a deserved victory for him. I've got no no question about that. Uh, he's one of those fighters that I just think he's always going to be just 15, you know, 15, 14. I, I feel bad for him because he looked like he had all the talent in the world, but he never seemed to really just... Progress a lot of than that. And people sometimes get it in their head that the only reason to be in the UFC or be fighting or something like that is if you're going to be the champion. So what Brad Tavares has been about forever, like well before I was watching, I think. Just he yeah. has some wins, has some losses, like just yeah. loves to fight, gets in there. Carlos Jr. is such a weird one to me as well because he won, or did he win that? I can't remember, but he came into the UFC as uh, a heavyweight, I think, through the ultimate fighter. And uh now he's a middleweight yeah. and he still looks like he could probably, like, he's not exactly ripped to shreds. And you're like, how the fuck did this guy make heavyweight? Listen, he just ate. He just ate a lot. He <laughs> wasn't a fat, though. He wasn't a fat heavyweight. It was Gary, just... if two people know about eating a lot, you know, we're right no, here. I've, I've got right, a nice super slimming cage warrior. I was going to say, you look you look slimmer than normal, like, yeah, I don't know what's, it's, what's it's like, on. as soon as you put on, like, MMA merch, it's like, now I can fight better. You know what I mean? Yeah, it would yeah. be better if I had my tap out hoodie on. I'd be able to. You I know. went, I went khaki, and it's I know khaki doesn't show well. You've on decided to just go and touch every single shade of like cream to beige. The couch is matching it too. You're touching on all of them today. Don't worry about it. And uh, <laughs> you know, that's just what I'll I do. have to do like color correction to make you show up. You're just blending in there. Just Why is Gary dream right here. to just a wall? Just a color. Listen, <laughs> this is it. Just my face is camouflaged in the wall. Just, Just the shade of the glasses is all that's coming. But Carlos Junior, he's on a three-fight losing streak now. Um, actually, going back to what the podcast is meant to be about. All right, Gary, just stop. MMA. Is... Stop getting off. 
getting off track, all right? This is all about what we're doing. But lost to Uriah Hall, Ian Heinsich, and uh, Brad Tavares. No shame in losing to those three. Beat Tim Boach before that. I mean, he's just a fighter that's never really going to... Again, same with Tavares. Never really going to get there, but he's decent enough. And that's why it was a good scrap. And then the other scrap that was interesting to me uh, was Marina Rodriguez versus Amanda Rebaz. Obviously, Rebaz, I think everyone expected her to just come in and beat the shit. Well, just... Take it to it's the just ground, uh, that hype that you know. takes over some people. Yeah, like, yeah. She's so, going to crack out. Like, she's really fun to listen to and stuff. So that means yeah. she's going to win her next fight. You know? it's... She's also, she's, she's pretty, right? So it, immediately with a woman in the UFC, as soon as they're like moderately good looking, it's this whole fucking thing. You know, I mean, look at Valerie LaRuda and Bellator. It's just, the amount that the internet blows their mind at this woman is unbelievable. But if you were to pass her in the street, you'd probably go, she's average, right? But, Take it. Just Sam's way above that level. He's, no, he's... I'm not saying that. I'm not saying I would. I'm saying most of these people that you know, whatever. For me, she's fantastic. And that's whatever. something that but... we we never plan to talk about. That's right. But something that I absolutely despise is the the effort. And I'm not talking on some like PC level or anything like that. But the mm. the level that people are putting into like the they make threads or something like that going oh who's the best looking girl in the UFC Get going, over it. I can't wait yeah. for these two girls to fight because they're both good looking. I'm watching a fight to see someone's fucking arm get broken or somebody to get their Hopefully. face split open and shit. When I'm watching porn I'm not thinking man she should really go for a knee bar and fuck her knee up. I'm not, they're separate. They're very separate things to me. And I won't lie, sometimes I am. But <laughs> that's just where this head goes, all right? That's just that's just what I'll do. But you know, I know I know exactly what you're saying. I think it's what I see from a lot of MMA Twitter is it's a lot of lonely men that are thirsty. And, you know, there's there's been a lot of articles in the past, top 10 hottest women in MMA, oh, all this kind of shit. I MMA mean, style. Out, you know, it's, oh, it's freaking ridiculous. But about Amanda Rebass, because we didn't mention it, but she came in with all the hype. Amanda Rebass got battered and TKO'd in the second round. I mean, great win for Rodriguez, right? She didn't even, Definitely. I don't even think, I didn't even think Rebass had a look in in that fight. Um, no. Nah. I think Rodriguez controlled it from the start. It was fucking fantastic. But rest of the fights, um, up to that point. Oh, that was on the main card. Apologies. I thought that was prelims, but yeah, no, the main card. But yeah. then obviously we saw the, um, oh, what's his name? Murray, Murray Love that we mentioned at the Murray beginning. Love. Saw him beat Andrew Sanchez, the, the shit out of him. Um, great, great fight, great performance. It, 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 yeah, it, I can see him yeah, going a lot further and being something, you know, yeah, some Sanchez. some experience on him as well. You would think that Sanchez probably has a more experience just because he feels like he's been about forever, but Muradov has like double the fights of him. Yeah, and I think uh, I was really kind of, it was weird with Sanchez. Like, you should have been trying to scrag him to, to the ground from the start. I don't really know what your plan was. Yes, your kickboxing has improved, but it's not fucking elite standard. Stick to what you know from now. Keep improving at the kickboxing, then start using that as a, a starting point. When it's not working like it was in this fight, you've got to start going for takedowns. You've got to start, you know, switching it up and doing whatever. I find a lot of fighters in, even at the top level of MMA, they there's a real problem with fight IQ. And this is something that we, you know, it's that ability. To, and this is something we'll talk about in the Conor McGregor fight as well. You've got to have the ability to switch and change, you know, in the fight itself. Not always stick to this fucking game plan, whatever it is. Whatever your coach telling you, you've got to have that mind in there to go, right, fuck, something's going wrong here. I need to change this. 
He didn't, I mean, and he got TKO'd for a it, little, and that's just brain cells gone. You know a little I mean? counter bit of that, though, is that if he landed a takedown, say it's got to the third round now, he knows he's down two, he knows he probably isn't going to win. At that point, what's a takedown going to get him if he doesn't get the submission, which usually takes a lot longer to set up? He just has to go for a Hail Mary shot at that no, point. No, I, I, I'm talking late in the first round, right? So I'm talking oh, well, about... I've it from that point. No, I'm not, I'm not talking about late in the third. Obviously, you've got to go for a Hail Mary at that point. Either you've got to go yeah. for a submission if you think that's your best chance, you got to go for a knockout. I mean, whatever. But he was losing from the first round, you know, to the end. And I think he was getting outstruck quite, not not easily, but it was something, it didn't, he didn't look comfortable compared to Muradov. So I think at the end of that first round, his team should have gone, this isn't working. We need you to go back to your basics, back to what you know, fucking shoot for him, do what you need to do, scram to the ground. He's clearly more experienced go for it, you know, do what you need to do, control and go for the submission, whatever. And I think if they, it, this is another thing, like it's a, it's hard in MMA because it's a three-round fight. It's not like boxing where there's 12 rounds where you fucking get a chance to switch up everything. It's, but if you don't, if you don't have that ability to switch up, you're going to fail sometimes. And I think that's what happened to Sanchez there. I think he should have gone back to what he knows best, tried that at least. And if that didn't work, fuck it, keep standing. You know, you, it's just a better chance, but Always stick the to thing that happens stuff. sometimes, I'd say, and I know this from the tiniest little shitty charity fight that I did. When you come out for that second round and you know you've lost the first and you might have lost it bad, you, you're thinking things like, all right, well, I know what I did wrong there. Like, I know how to not make that happen. So when Sanchez comes up for the second round, let's let's just make something up. Like, I can't, I can't remember specifically, like, a move that was getting him. But say he was getting, like, leg kick constantly, and he's like, ah, oh, I need to stop that. When he comes out, he's not thinking, right, let's throw the whole game plan out the window after run, one round. He's no. thinking to himself, I can need to check that. I've been told maybe work my jab a little bit more. So he's thinking I can do things on the feet to change this and make it differently. If he was going after one round, you know what? He got something. He had a move there. You weren't expecting that. You've got some feedback now. You kind of know. You know what he's doing. You've Other people have noticed something you're not noticing. At that point then, it's kind of like, should they give his whole game plan up, the whole thing that he thought, maybe he had this chick left hook in mind that was going to kill him, or maybe he thought he was weak to the high kick. If he just gets all rid of all of that, kind of means that all of the work that he did for it is sort of out the window now. Yeah, but I mean, th- this is why you have coaches, right? So this is, I understand what you're saying, you know, everything's changed. You, you, you're only thinking about how I'm going to battle him in this one scenario. That's what I'm kind of getting from what you said there. You know, how am I going to beat him on the feet? How am I going to do things? But this is where you need to have coaches, right? The coaches need to go, that isn't working. You need to go to this. And this is what they should have practiced for. And this is what they should have done. And I think sometimes I think people get too confident in their abilities that they've just learned. Do you know what I mean? So it's like Sanchez has never, if you remember when he was on the ultimate fire, he beat Cleo Roundtree, who is a great striker, by literally taking to the ground and just destroying him for three rounds. I mean, Roundtree didn't even have a chance in that fight. Why not? I know his striking's improved, like I said, but that's his second that's his second thing, right? His number one thing is getting people to the ground, and he did it for a long time, just beating them on the ground, doing whatever. Muradov, you know from the video that you've seen of him before, he's a better striker than you. Now, that being said, you don't prove that till you get in there. So then once the first round happens and you see that you're not that level yet, I mean, he still stood in there and traded and did whatever. I mean, great, he, he did well. That's where his coaches go, look, you did well, but we need to move past it. You need to go back to what you know best. 
Let's get him to the ground, start beating on him, go for submission later on. You know, I, I just think, yeah, it, it's just, for me, it's hard to watch with fighters when I know they've got another ability and they don't want to use it because maybe they don't feel this is entertaining. They don't feel it's maybe the way they're going to climb up the ladder. I don't know. I don't know what, because obviously grapplers, right? Dana White even, you know, he doesn't really give a shit about a grappler. He, he gives a shit about, and the way the rankings have worked, it's, you know, it's heavily favoured towards some people, should we say, and they're mainly strikers, right? So I think it gets in some fighter's head, oh, I can't do that. And, and unless you Khabib, you know, it, where are you going to go with it? But I don't know. I just think he should have gone with some basics there and gone from that, personally. But Maybe he had something that we didn't know. Maybe he was injured. Maybe yeah. he's seen Muradov doing something that he was like, all right, I don't want to fuck with that super Muradov move. Yeah, so now I've been trying to push you. We're trying to go with <coughs> Calderwood. Sorry. Sorry. We're trying to talk about Joanne Calderwood, the greatest fighter on the card. The fighter that just is the only one of anybody on that whole card that made her way to a title shot with her successful domination of Jessica I. What's your thoughts? And they better be positive or your part's going to get cut. Yeah, great performance. <laughs> great performance. Yeah. I mean, Jessica Rye just looked a bit stagnant in that fight. Um, maybe she was overconfident. That's what I think. I think Jessica Why Rye would she be overconfident is... against Jojo, though? Like, if she's been Ariane Lipsky and stuff like that, she can beat Jessica. Eh? Listen, she's a fighter, first and foremost. They're overconfident by nature. I can beat this guy. I can beat that guy. Maybe because Jojo, I think she was coming off a loss coming into this fight. Am I right? Jennifer Meyer, yeah. She's thinking, oh, she lost to Jennifer Meyer. I'm not going to lose to Jennifer Meyer. (laughs) I'm going to, you know, I'm going to beat this person. And I think sometimes, again, it gets in fighters' heads, but Jojo just looked, I mean, she's one of those fighters, even in that, you know, lost, I think she took that loss and she's gone, fuck this, I need to just get better at everything. She did. She looked fucking, she looked fantastic. And I picked I, you know, I thought I would have the experience and, and just do her over, but JoJo just put on a clinic. And I thought it was a great fight, great performance and thoroughly deserved the win. I'm a bit upset because I picked against her, but you know, whatever. Well, at least you'll know next time that Joanne Calder was going to win every single fight she ever has. Well, she lost the one before that. So no, nah, it was, sure. there was like, something. Uh, it was uh, like Abu Dhabi. Uh, something got in her eye. It was rematch. She'll kill her. Okay, you're blaming the sand. That's fine. Chandler Hooker. Chandler came yeah. in from Baylor. Absolutely outstanding. Rapid knockout. Two minutes. And some people are saying Hooker didn't look great and stuff like that. The fight lasted two fucking minutes. What chance did they have to look great? You know, not everyone comes out on fire. He got caught early. Chandler looked really good. Good movements. As you said, he was he moved around well. Didn't really see a lot of Hooker's sort of like skills that he typically brings this and is, stuff like that. But again, didn't have time. Just this is yeah. But this is the, this is why I knew. Well, why I knew. This is why I thought Chandler would win because. He's not going to allow Hooker to get that timing, right? So this is the thing with Hooker. He needs to build the timing before he becomes effective. I, I don't want to use the term slow starter, um, but I will with Dan Hooker. He's I don't know. He's had his fucking wars, and I think they kind of started heat up yeah. quite quickly. Well, I don't know. I don't think he gets his best shots until second, third. Yeah, I think he... That was a great fight. Um and kind of probably shows 
what kind of power Chandler really possesses, right? Because it's, it's madness from Chandler as well, because he was known as a sort of like wrestler who liked to like sort of hold it and maybe go for a submission and stuff. UFC has just struck right like the exact time for him as well, because his last three fights have been first round knockouts now. He's changed something up in his game to to be able to put I mean, these guys out as quick as they are. He's, a, he's always been a half-decent striker. If you think back to those fights with uh, Eddie Alvarez back in the day, I don't know if you actually saw... I don't know if you were a fan around that time or not. But Watched them back these, since. That was just were, before I was watching Bellator. Yeah, these were basically just absolute classics. And, I mean, they were wars, you know. And Eddie Alvarez is no slouch on the feet at all. Chandler held his own. Yeah, he did get takedowns and do beat, you know, did his bit. But listen, Chandler is a fucking athlete more than anything. Hooker is not an athlete. When you look at those two next to each other, yeah, Hooker might be 6'3", fucking whatever, I, I don't know. But he's not fast. He's not really explosive. He's a grinder, right? He's a worker and he's a grinder. Chandler's just got that athletic ability to get in and out, move, do whatever he needs to do. He was faking dips. He was doing whatever. And he was faking those dips because, like everyone predicted, Hooker would throw knees, right? So that's what he was doing. He was baiting him the whole time. It was a beautiful performance. I know people say you can't see a lot in two minutes. I saw a lot in that. Chandler oh, of course, exactly if you're going to win in two minutes, you have yeah. to do that, though. You know, it's not, yeah. it wasn't like it was just a lucky shot or anything like that. He actually put it on think, him, got that pressure going, managed to get the stoppage like really quick, but showed you that he made that happen rather than just landing a blind shot or something. Definitely. And I mean, you know, Chandler, even in those two minutes of switching from body to head, he, you know, he was doing everything he needed to do. He was making Hooker uncomfortable, made him feel like shit. And people could say, oh, he didn't look himself, didn't do whatever. That's not it. That's the not person it. that loses always doesn't look themselves because they're yeah. losing. Like if you're used to seeing that person win, when they start losing a fight, you're like, oh, something must be wrong. It's not that the other guy just happens to be better that time. If someone's just better than you, then it makes you look worse and it makes you look like you're off your game because you're not capable of doing all the things you typically do. So that's, I think, what happened here. And for me, that perfectly segues into the main event, actually, because... A lot of people since the main event have said Connor didn't look the same, right? They're saying, oh, when he came in, he didn't look right, and this, that, and the other. I don't know if it's just Connor fans or whatever, but I've heard it from a lot of people. Reality is, Connor looked great in that first round. He won the first round. He hurt Dustin with a few punches. He had Dustin, a couple. You know, I will say he had a couple of changes, though. His stance was quite weird to me that he came yeah. out and he had this sort of like duck his head down a bit more, almost like more of a boxing kind of stance or something, as opposed to his sort of I'm talking more right karate stance. Yeah, I think I'm talking more about how people said he looked mentally. Yeah, you know? and, and he looked great. And it was a really good yeah, first round, I, yeah. I think he looked confident in the pre-fight stuff. He just wasn't talking shit the same way he did before, but he was still, still that guy with his chest puffed out, doing his thing and whatever. Whatever that game plan was, I don't really understand. I, I, I genuinely... I mean, we, you, we, you, you touched on this in a, a group chat that we had earlier about how John Kavanagh said that he, he shouldn't have switched stances because he didn't want to show Dustin Poirier that he was hurt. And I oh, said he's well, kind of hard I didn't, right I didn't necessarily know if he was saying that about Connor, but yeah, it was with Ariel Hilwani, and he said to him, um, was there any plans maybe for Connor to switch or something like that? And uh, John said that if he had swapped stance at that moment, that would have shown that he's like weak to that and then he's thinking if that happened to an opponent of theirs you're thinking immediately go for that back leg now just from me watching lots of fights and stuff like that when someone's leg starts getting fucked up and they swap stands you can't just easily bang kicks into that back leg no, anymore the back yeah they might be on 
they might be uncomfortable. They might not like being in it. You do see people swapping. They're like, ah, oh, my leg's killing me. Then they'll throw a punch and they're like, ah, oh, I can't really throw any punches on this other stance. We'll go yeah. back. Then they get kicked again. Yeah, that happens. But at that point, you're like in crisis mode. You have to do it. I don't necessarily think that like a lot of people are putting so much stock in those leg kicks with Connor. And yeah, they definitely great money in the bank. Really did hurt him. You saw his leg exploded at the end of the fight and stuff. But what happened at the end was he just got caught by a beautiful counter. It was slowed down by the leg kicks, yeah, but the fight didn't finish by leg kicks. It was that he but got caught by to... a nice counter. The the position in the cage got switched. So Barry got him towards the cage now suddenly. And then he just but landed that, a beautiful that... combo. But that's from the leg kicks, right? It was so just, it was like thing. tiring them so, out and stuff like that. But I wouldn't no, say so the what, fight got decided by the leg kicks. I'd say it got decided I, by the punches that put them down. I, I disagree. I think it was decided by the leg kicks. And the reason why I think that is it, it basically disabled his front leg. And you know as well as I do, Connor's a power-based fighter, right? If he can't launch off the way that he, he needs to, he's going to struggle. And I think also, not just that, not being in there for two years or whatever, I mean, two fights in four years or whatever it is with Connor, not taking those kind of shots and those kind of things. Yeah. It's all of a sudden you become unnerved, right? And all of a sudden you're psychologically, you can I take this? Can I take, I've been, I've been living an easy life. I've made a hundred million. I've got all these businesses. I wear nice clothes every day. Everything's comfortable. I ride around in fucking Rolls Royces. I'm fucking, I'm this that, and the other. Psychologically, do I need to take this beating? Do I need to I sit don't, here? I never and think do this. the like, whole Rocky Three sort of storyline actually comes into it. This idea that if people are sleeping in silk sheets every night, that they lose that toughness and stuff. Their motivation to do all this shit is that they are going to get in the cage and fight someone. I don't think their motivation is always, ne- especially when they've already got money. But once you're in there and the cage doors closed, I'd say a lot of these guys aren't thinking, oh man, I really need to win this so I can like feed my family. They're thinking, I really need to not get killed right now because like someone's I'm trying to say- rip my fucking jaw off my face i'm not saying that i'm saying that his life has become astronomically easier and when you're not struggling anymore you don't keep up the same way that you the mental toughness is not the same thing when you don't struggle it's not the same thing i don't when think it matters and uh and when fight. you've got a chip on your shoulder about something and conor mcgregor doesn't have a chip on his shoulder anymore for a long time he did right he was the guy that had to prove he was the best do whatever and that and then he's come up short. So he goes against Floyd Mayweather. Comes up short. You know, best boxer of all time. Blah, blah, blah. But then Nothing take, embarrassing about it. Then take but, that logic you know, then. How come Floyd Mayweather was like 50 and all? He's been sleeping in silk sheets a long time before McGregor ever. I can tell you him. why. Number one, boxing's a bullshit sport. But we won't <laughs> go into that right now. That's a long conversation we'll do another time. But then my, my next point is that then he fights Khabib, right? So the next point is he goes from these huge fights, a huge fight, he doesn't back it up in either fight, right? Something has to go... Something has to change in there because you have to... You either want to beat everyone after that. You want to be the best. You want to do whatever. Or you go, well, I did it and it didn't turn out the way that I wanted, right? I think also when he felt those leg kicks, like I say, it's a it's a different thing when you do it after a long time. When you... like, I've heard that Connor's lost a lot of his sparring partners. I've heard these weird... Rumors about whatever, la da da. Is he just got guys in there that are being paid to be there and take a beating? You don't know, like, you don't know what he's getting anymore, and you don't know how much he's got to dig deep because he doesn't have to dig deep. If you think about it, I know you're talking about, oh, the sleeping on the silk sheets. It's not about that. I'm saying there's no place anymore where he has to dig deep. So it's not about, look at the Cerrone fight, right? He comes in, demolishes Cerrone, does whatever. 
But then when it got tough, when he started to realise that Dustin wasn't going to go away straight away, he didn't dig deep, I don't think, in that point. And he looked like he was done. I when think he got it, hit by the cage. Did you see his leg yeah. after the fight? Like, it's not a case that he just, like, it's not like, say, uh, when Max Holloway fights Volkanovski and he gets his leg fucked up and stuff like that. McGregor's leg looked 50 times worse than than Holloway's leg looked. His leg was done. It was completely Did fucked up. Did you ever see Uriah Faber's leg after his fight with Jose Aldo? Yeah, and a lot of that, it wasn't like this immediate explosion thing. His was like the next day, it was the worst but, pain ever. Yeah, that's digging deep, but, but McGregor's one wasn't. McGregor's is more comparable to uh, Michael Chandler versus Brent Primus. It was like, it's injured now. Like you, yeah, and it's, it's you the can't same really as put Sean, weight on it now. Yeah, and it's the same as Sean O'Malley. So you kind of proven my first point, right? That it was probably the leg kicks that changed his movement and did whatever, right? So this is... Well, yeah. You know, like, it, whatever, I'm not saying they didn't have an effect. I'm saying that like he could, he didn't get finished via leg kicks. He got slowed what, down no, by them. Like, but this is so. Control. This is what I'm saying, right? So the pain that was emanating in his leg at that point that he was being on the cage, he could have swung leather. He could have done what I. We talk about Calvin Catter the weekend before. He's getting beaten to shit by Max Holloway. Elbows, kicks, punches, you name it. Kata starts throwing elbows like there is no fucking tomorrow still because he's digging deep and he wants that. You didn't see that from Connor. Now, I'm not sitting here and I'm not saying, oh, we should have done this because I would have done it. That's not the case. What I'm saying Thanks. is you don't see that guy anymore. He I wants to be the polished elite athlete, which he, he is. You didn't see that from digging deep. I don't you think. didn't see that from Cater in round two because Cater's still thinking, right? This is a hard part. I'm going to come back and get through this. McGregor was trying to slip punches at that point. He was trying to dodge them. He got caught by one that put him down. I don't think it's a, a lack of anything to do with this mental thing here. I just seen came out, looked good, that had a good round. Next round, he's still getting banged up. He's getting slowed down, and then he gets stopped by a combo. I think it's really simple. I don't think. There's psychology to this. I don't think that he quit on himself or anything like that. I think it's just a case that he got beat. Similar to the um, the Nate Diaz fight, people wanted to talk a lot about about what happened in there. He got dropped by a punch and then submitted. It's, I think it's just straightforward. Like every fight that we ever watch, it's just he came in. I don't... He was getting outmatched. And that, at that point, he didn't get outmatched in the first round. But And then another thing as well, that I, I mentioned this as well online, that uh, when McGregor comes out, it's like he hasn't, at least in his UFC career, he hasn't really got any experience. And what I mean by that is like, say a fighter that's went like four and four, had a few decisions and shit. His back's probably been taken. He's probably been kicked in the leg. He's probably dealt with a guy who can hold him up against the cage. He's touched on about everything. McGregor's fights essentially were him coming out and knocking people out. Or if he did lose, it was by something really like, say, his fight against Nate Diaz, entirely like a stand-up boxing match. That's not something he wasn't used to. Or when he fought, Khabib got taken down and dominated down there. So they're like singular moments that he's had to deal with but say even like taking a leg kick he's never really even taken a leg kick in the UFC from at least my memory or he's not he's never really had someone like a proper grappling exchange where someone's taken his back other than could be finishing him obviously but he was toast at that point but like yeah so I just think McGregor doesn't actually have a lot of in the cage live experiences is is incredible at what he does and uh, still even I think their performance against Barrier showed that he can do that against lots of people I think his timing looked good his power looked good he actually had really good uh, clinch grappling that we hadn't really seen from him before but I think that 
yeah, it's just a case of like he, he got outmatched, and I don't think it's instead of breaking down Connor's mental state. I think we just look at it like when when Poirier lost, loses to someone, maybe or probably a bad example. When Dan Hooker lost to Poirier, we didn't sit down and talk about the the mental state and psychology. And is Hooker just living too easy now or anything like that? We just said, I oh, just he just lost that fight. It was a tough fight, and he lost that. I think that's all that we're seeing with McGregor. No, I think I think you're laying too. I think we've gone to this point far too much, to be honest. But I think. What I was getting at is, and, and it kind of goes back to what you were saying a minute ago, is the reason why I think Connor psychologically, because I've seen it before, when he was against Nate Diaz in the first fight, Connor McGregor thought he was going to get him out of there in five to ten minutes, right? Connor McGregor thought, I'm going to beat this guy. He's been on the couch. He's been partying. He hasn't been doing anything. Little did he know, Nate Diaz has been training fucking triathlons the whole time. He's been fucking... Keep up. And when the you, Nate when Diaz you... triathlons is up there with, with all the other the, the Jorge Masvidal backyard street fight and people love to mention a triathlon with Nate. But listen, there's nothing more for cardio than training triathlon. Look at Paul Felder when he came against RDA. He was training yeah. for triathlon. Look at his fucking... You're completely... That's definitely what happened with the Nate fight. He so, wasn't trying to get him. But I don't think he tried to get Poirier out there but, in seconds. But, you, but, you, but what I'm saying is you watch... So, Connor starts to get tired in that Nate Diaz fight. You can look at his actual facial expression. Yeah, with demotivation. It just starts to come down, right? And I don't know what it is. He's just not a guy when he starts to... But then he comes back for the Nate Diaz second fight. He knows he's not going to get him out. He knows he's in for a dog fight. He wins that fight, right? So this is what I'm saying. It's on. This is why I go back to the thing that we were talking about before. On the fly, McGregor can't... He hasn't got the same thing. When he's very planned and he know he's very a meticulous thinker, right? He's one of those people, but he thinks too much ahead, I think. I don't think he really, like I said, I don't think he can think on the fly. And when Dustin wasn't out of there quick and when Dustin kept hitting him with those leg kicks and then Dustin started putting combinations together to the body and the head, he started to, again, the face just started to drop down. It was the same thing. I saw it in the fourth round against Khabib as well because he had a good third round against him. As soon as Khabib got that control again, it just started to come down over and over again. And, and you yeah, definitely, every fight he loses. That fourth round just spot on as well. He, he still had that motivation. He took him back around. And people don't realise as well, if Connor had another round like he did in the third round, we're looking at an even fight now, you know, and he yeah. did defend a takedown or two. The second Khabib got him down, you'd completely seen it drain out of him. He's like, well, that's it now. There's no way to win this big decision anymore because I can't get up for the rest of this round. I don't know if that's what led to Khabib submitting him. Like, it just could be that Khabib got him, but... Uh, yeah, definitely, you're spot on there. Like, and you did see it with Mayweather. You saw. It. I'm not sure I necessarily saw it here. I think he actually just got battled at the end. But uh, yeah, he's definitely someone that doesn't have that sort of like I'm fighting till the very last second kind yeah. of thing. If Plan A isn't working, and then he did have a Plan B here. I did like the fact that he decided, right, I'm getting hit in the leg. I actually feel quite good in the clinch. Let's maybe try that a little bit more. Quite interesting to see that from him. But alas, Parry mm. had other ideas. He needs to stop doing this fucking this classic boxing as well. He needs to go back to his old style. There was the reason why it was so effective. Like Taekwondo style almost, like he had those. However, the only thing that I can think is that he was expecting a takedown. And so he's been working classic sprawling techniques, which you can't do from that long range, right? Yeah. And 
if you grab a single though, if you're Dustin or Khabib, you're going to take him down with ease, which is what he's going to do. So I think there was a lot of tactical things in there that, and we saw that his takedown defense wasn't bad in this fight, right? Yeah. So he's been working that a lot. So there's a lot of things that go into this. That I don't think it's just psychological. I think it's physical, psychological. I think it's everything mixed together. But I bet if they have, and this is a nice little segue for us to talk about future fights for Connor. I think if you see that rematch, it's a different fight again. And I think McGregor needs his game plan to go the way that he wants. But if he knows it's going to be a dogfight and it's not going to go entirely his way, he can think that way. But he's so like single-minded. And I'd love to see the trilogy. I don't think it's right just yet. I don't don't think it's the next fight to make. I'd like to see him maybe take a Felder or a Gaethje, right? Uh, I mean, Felder possibly because it's a lower thing for him to give him a bit of confidence back and he knows he's not going to have to wrestle anything. I mean, Gaethje knows he's not going to have to wrestle anything, but there's always the danger. And Gaethje's been talking shit about him all week, right? Gaethje's been saying, oh, it's nice to see a piece of shit get knocked out yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Like, Gaethje's saying this because he's gunning for a fight. Gaethje oh, lost he's his been, title He's fight. been desperate for that fight so much against McGregor. Yeah, he's- yeah, he's been talking about it for years, and I think but that's, I, that's the money fight to make, right? I disagree with all of the fights you picked there. I'm I'm over Conor McGregor, the superstar, the the spectacle and stuff like that. When you look at McGregor's career, we'll give Eddie Alvarez a miss here because that's one. Oh, I suppose Aldo. So he's had that a couple of times against top guys, but a lot of when you McGregor was talking about highlights before this fight, he wanted to be someone that he can show his kids. Well, look at that thing I did. And yeah, he did have it against Alvarez and Aldo, but that doesn't come along every day of the week. You're going to fight like a Dustin. You're going to fight, um, uh, Khabib and then you're going to get fights that even if he comes out the other end of them it's not always going to be a, a highlight real fight and again someone like Gaethje it could it would probably be a highlight real fight but probably not all Connor's way he's going to get a lot of damage and stuff like that so the fight I want and it's a really weird one I want Connor to go back to what sort of made him a passionate fight or someone that brought him to that kind of place in the first place. The, my best era of McGregor, my favorite fight in McGregor was the Brandau fight. I loved all those fights. When he's coming up, he's fighting people that are hungry and stuff like that. They see everything he's got. They don't get these opportunities every day of the week. And also keep McGregor away from the title, in my opinion, because if he gets the title, is he going to defend it? Who knows? So what I would like for McGregor, I would like him to fight Ally Aquinta next. That's my pick of all of them. And just for that exact purpose, I'm saying this. Drop him down a tier. Why do they always have to fight the best guy in the division all the time? Drop him down a step. If he loses to Gaethje, he might retire. So why are we putting him right in there with the number one guys in the world? Drop I mean, him down did, you not, did you not hear me say and Felder? Felder's all right, yeah. But again, like uh, that, that could be a fight that takes... Well, for one, I'd say Felder retires if he loses it, and or if he wins exactly. it, either way. But he makes. But Felder, the nicest man in the world, deserves his payday, right? True, true. Give, but give it doesn't necessarily. Ally mean... Quinter does not deserve that payday because he's been talking about real estate for far too long. All right, it's amazing. I don't I want to hear that. I love Ally Quinter's real estate. He doesn't deserve that payday I mean, just for moaning like, all the time. It reminds me of like uh, 1990s uh, pro wrestler when they're like. <sighs> What's your gimmick? Oh, you're real estate man. That's what I like on is He's real estate <laughs> his man. His little suit with I mean, his briefcase, like, yeah. If you don't pay the money that you owe him, he gets Repo Man involved and he comes and takes your shit. So he's got all of them. The garbage man will come and 
So yeah, yeah, I love Iaconta uh, for it. And I just think that Iaconta is something that has a couple of things that McGregor necessarily wouldn't be that comfortable with, the takedowns and stuff like that. His timing and his striking was amazing against Kevin Lee. And I just think that like he's the right level of dropping down a bit for Connor that doesn't necessarily end up. Like now we know about the leg kicks. Someone like Felder could expose that. He could like retire Connor basically in that fight. If Felder beat him, I think Connor would be gone, but I don't think Ayaquinta would have as much of a chance. So I don't know. I just I think the Ayaquinta fight is the, the one to go with. I don't think you see Connor fight anyone out of the top ten. And I don't think Ayaquinta's in the top ten at the minute. I, I think they need to they need to I make think... money fights and I, I don't I think Alec Quint is eleventh or something at the moment. Uh, um, well yeah, I'd say probably in the top ten, because like if you draw well it depends, Connor's well, I think off the top something like six now or something like that. Yeah, he's six. He's six so is now. six he's versus like eleven ranking. really then? I'm just not too interested but, in Connor. But Gary, fighting. Gary, Gary, it's Connor McGregor. I think Connor doesn't like this when he a difference. couple of years ago he didn't want to do any media anymore, he was like, I hate this shit. Then he done um he was doing his interviews. Ally Quinto was one of the names he said as well. He said I would just love to fight that guy, don't know why. And he's throwing out these names of people that he thinks would be great to fight. And it's like I want to see those fights too. And I'm not I'm not the world's most interested in Connor just fighting like like say okay. Michael well, what about, or something, you know. What about Tony Ferguson? A good one, just because you got both guys are in the exact same sort of mental state right now. You know, two like, losses, right? I don't like with Ferguson. It's a little bit like what I was saying about Holloway. Is you can look at all of those like green wins in his record. Then when you come to two reds, you're like, ah, oh, maybe he's a bit done now and stuff like that. Those guys are Gaethje and Oliveira. So like, I do think uh, he did look a little bit flat and deflated against uh, Charles Oliveira. There might even be a chance Charles Oliveira just did that to him, though. I don't think necessarily when a fighter loses a couple, like what I said in our last episode with uh, Holloway, that like once you start seeing a couple of losses, that's them now. It means that they're done, they're on the downslide, they're, they're gone forever because you don't just lose a fight and then no longer be the fighter you were previously. McGregor did no, but I, fight after I, the Diaz. I do, I, do think that, I do think that Oliveira... I mean, have we seen Oliveira do that to anyone else? I think he's got the most submission victories think, in the entire history. No, of no, the no, UFC. no, 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 no. Have we seen him do that to anyone else? Uh, it fairly smashed pure, Kevin Lee. Pure dominance. That's what it was. But then, if it you're going to say dominance. someone's someone's confidence and height and stuff like that are coming down a bit, like Ferguson, can we not say the same thing for Charles Oliveira? He's fresh off of the fight against Kevin Lee. He's extending his records that he's broken in the UFC. Yeah, Maybe I it's mean, just that his confidence is through the roof rather than I'm, Tony Ferguson's listen, I'm, down. I'm a huge Oliveira fan, but what I'm saying is, I think that was a perfect meeting of those two things. Oliveira going up, Ferguson's going down, right? And I think. It just showed the levels there. It's the passing. It's the passing of the torch, basically, in that division. And I know we talked about this before, but I think Tony has lost something. I don't know what. You can only be tough for so long, right? In this game, you can. And I've literally spoken to uh, a, a head of trauma specialist about this. Basically, the tissue around your face, right? You keep taking shots. So Tony's taken a lot of shots. He's always been hittable. You keep taking shots. You keep taking shots. Eventually. That damage just spreads and spreads and spreads and spreads and spreads. He's now got to that point where the damage has spread so much, he gets wobbly on his feet. I mean, you saw against Gage, he looked fucking ridiculous. I mean, you he can say... Dominated. 
but dominated. Not I'm, just, I'm backing up your point just, to a degree, but I'm not saying it started at Gaethje. He's been getting rocked in near enough every fight he's ever fucking had. But, Anthony but Pettis, never dominated. Lando but never dominated. He's never fought he's been, people. I don't been, think in Tony Ferguson's career he's fought people as good as Charles Oliveira is right now and Justin Gaethje. I don't think he's ever beat somebody that good. Look at what was his I mean, fight before that, debatable. Anthony Pettis. His fight before that was... Um, can't even think now. But yeah, I don't... Uh, maybe Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee's maybe up there. But again, Kevin Lee looked like he was doing fucking great. But he had his like staff infection and got shattered after a round, basically. But yeah, I, I just think sometimes when you look at these as well, you could say it. I mean, you can even say it about Connor as well. You say Connor's on a bit of a downslide I mean, now and you, stuff like that. You say, you say these things, but uh, Dos Anjos, he beat in a decision. Um, I mean, that, that's pretty good. Josh Thompson uh, at the time was a very good fight. Uh, Dos Anjos has lost to a lot of people as well, though. Like, it's, Dos Anjos isn't on Justin Gaethje level. Yeah, but come on. I mean, RDA at this point, I think, had just come off a loss to, I think it was, who was it to? Eddie Alvarez. For the type one. Yeah. For I still time. don't, even at RDA then, I don't think RDA was ever at the level of like what Charles Oliveira is now or what uh, what Justin Gaethje is now. Like I think he was just always that little notch below. I don't think, even as champ, I don't think he was necessarily the world's greatest. He was just a very tough fighter essentially to beat. Although he also needs a shout out to be the real baddest motherfucker in the UFC because that guy's been taking every single fight you've thrown at him his whole career. What fucking badass RDA is. Yeah, I mean, look, it, tough as shit as well, right? And But I'm saying he's beating these guys, right? And Oliveira, if they'd met five years ago, I think Ferguson would have won, right? It's one of those things where even three years ago, maybe, I think Ferguson would have won. Time catches up. Time gets everyone. Ferguson's just going over that hill, unfortunately. True, it could, think, could definitely be. I think it's a little bit like when you... Another thing I would say is... It's caught up to him that he doesn't have a real team that he trains with. That right. catches up as well. When you don't train day in, day out with real fucking world-class animals, and I think it might be the same with Connor as well. You know, you're not training with world-class anymore. You're not training with that team at one point. SBG was like a vibrant, you know, there, there was people coming out of there, Bellator, UFC. There was just, there was a vibrancy there and everyone was just on top, right? And they were going for it. Sometimes I think switch camps. Sometimes when these guys camp. come up, though, so you've got like they are they are Ferguson's ones, and I'd say they were the best two people he's fought. Like guys with Connor, the best two people I'd say Connor has fought is current version of Dustin Poirier, and uh, except Aldo, but that was thirteen seconds. So I'm not counting that one into like a big long fight Khabib, where we saw a lot. Um, and Khabib, so like he lost those two. I think Connor could have easily lost those. I think Connor a couple of years ago could have lost to that exact same fight against Barry. It definitely could have lost to Khabib at any point. So like, we yeah. sometimes these fighters do fight people, even if it's a case like Connor already fought Barry and stuff. They do get to this level where they're fighting these guys, and when it turns out they're not good enough for them, suddenly we're like, oh, it's because he's got worse than he was previously. I think sometimes it's just because he's not better. He's just not not Connor was never going to beat Khabib doesn't matter if he drank whiskey the way ends before maybe it could like there's a whole debate we could have at some point about a rematch but in that individual fight Connor was never going to win that because he couldn't keep in his feet whatsoever and and even when he did if he got taken down once the fight was basically done for that round and 
people will be like, oh, look, now Connor's not won in a lot of years and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, because he boxed fucking Floyd Mayweather. Like, he fought Khabib. And now this is the first one that was like a little step down that he lost. But at the same time, I think Poirier could have done this to prime Connor as well. I don't think there's any... We just start giving them that excuse that they're too, they're done now when they fight tougher people. No, I'm not. I'm not saying he's done. I'm saying that's why I'm saying he needs to fight a good fight. Yeah. You're the one saying he needs to go and fight Ali Quinta. I mean, I'm 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 saying the opposite to what We're you just said. I'm basically saying get his confidence up. I'm not, I always said that he needed to have. Do you remember what I was saying? He needs to have a tune-up fight. This is they don't do it in MMA. They do it in boxing. This game is going to evolve, and I think. The problem with the UFC and the problem with the UFC fans and MMA fans is that they have this thing where everyone needs to fight a world-class person now. Well, when you've had two fights in four years, it doesn't work like that. You need time in there. And he said before yeah. the fight, he said, I want time, I want rounds. I want rounds, I want time in there, I want to feel it, I want to know where I am. He didn't get that chance, right? I think uh, maybe against Ally Quinter, he's going to get that. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I mean, but... I guess theoretically, this is what this fight was supposed to be. I know we bounced back to Connor here. This is what this fight was supposed to be for him, though, because when you looked at the options there, Justin Gaethje, Charles Oliveira, maybe Michael Chandler now, even Hooker, if you want to throw in, this was like one of the best style matchups they could have had out of all of them. And yet, fucking still lost it. So I think, as well, we've talked a lot about Conor McGregor here, and we'll move on in a second. But I think, let's face it, Dustin Poirier had a fantastic fight. A fantastic fight. And he has shown that... we. I don't think we've given him enough credit, really. I mean, we have said, oh, you know... It's, it's always going to happen that you talk about McGregor yeah, and these things more. Of but... course, yeah. But listen, Dustin Poirier, and I said immediately after that, you know, he's a star. And he is now. He, he's a star. He's a, he's a face. He's a name. And he's always needed that. He's. I don't think he needs it. And I think it's come at him a, a, a good time, actually, because he's now well-grounded. He cares more about other things than he does fighting, but he's still a fucking amazing fighter. But he does it because he does love it every, you know, every now and then. Well, speaking of underrated fighters that don't get enough credit, of course, we've got a predictions game. We were dead oh. even last week, if I'm correct, were we? Is that yeah. him? <coughs> got the same? Uh, yeah, because uh, we both did uh, the same one. And then... Yeah. Uh, we're dead even yeah. from before that so the one we've picked obviously there's no UFC on this weekend so we've decided to pick KSW I'm a massive KSW fan absolutely love it the whole production probably not the biggest fan of the fact that they have fans in attendance but that's another story um, but yeah it's Poland come on yeah, I mean fucking, the, they're going to do what they I don't want. think the fans stopped to be honest I think they had fans the whole no, time uh, but yeah um, there's a great card coming up. Uh, a little surprise that uh, the main event isn't the one I've thought, but we can go through these. So we'll probably just jump into the actual predictions and we'll tell you about the fight as we're getting them. Can I just make yep. it clear before we do this? I'm not the biggest fan of KSW. <laughs> um, I, I think that it is... I think it's a throwback to what MMA used to be. That's fine. There's a place for it. But it's not the quality that I think Gary thinks it is personally. And I don't know these fighters too well. I'd be lying if I said I fucking was like, oh, yeah. I mean, Jurisic, yeah. Come on. What a guy. What a fighter. No. So I've done some research. I've got my predictions in. But it's just, it's just, that it's does just, mean you are probably more prepared than me because I actually didn't do research. I was just going off my gut instinct. It's a third or fourth rate show, right? 
It's... I would I, it's what well yeah well it depends what we're saying rating I'd say it's like the third best show I would go mm-hmm. to that point after Bellator I'd say KSW comes right next way ahead of Ryzen definitely ahead of Ryzen I wouldn't say Ryzen's a top 10 show um, anyways we could jump into it first fight at least that we're picking the, the topology uh, order so the order might change into the actual one yeah. first fight Mikhail Andrashak versus Guto Inconsent no Innocente I think he's been in UFC and I'm saying his fucking name wrong. Yeah, Guto Innocente, I would say. Innocente? Why am I saying that wrong? I think it's because there's other fighters called Inconsente. Oh, no, he's the glory one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Innocente! Yeah. Yeah. He's very Innocente. So, with me, it's a hard one to to go with. Uh, Andrew Shack's been had his knockout losses he's he's had his troubles and stuff like that uh i think he shocked everyone by getting knocked out by keita in his last fight that was a a really big shock Keita before as well me yeah so like uh, yeah. i couldn't believe that and and things when you look at his last couple of fights he hasn't had the best time in ksw he's what is that three and three but uh yeah as you said beat keita before well, um, he's lost three of his last four to so just correct you there gary and this, is why research, that, this is why research is so important. I've got it on my screen, actually. Uh, and the it, guy and that he to... beat is one of the guys I'm an absolute massive fan of. If you don't know Eon Gregory, look him up in Tapology right now because his picture is fucking hilarious. He's like 50 years old. I actually see. I actually see. And Ascente has two fights arranged. I'm actually surprised to see a fight or two fights arranged these days. Uh, this is why I'm predicting he loses, Gary. Um <laughs> You do not arrange two fights unless you're a bad fighter, all right? This it's just one of those unwritten <laughs> yeah. rules. And look, he's eight and five in MMA or whatever, he's a solid kickboxer. But this, uh, is it Anders Andersak? Andersak, 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 or whatever you want to pronounce it. Or I think he's just fallen, I think he's fallen on hard times. I think Innocente has been brought in to uh, be kind of his comeback fight, as it were, to make him look good again. Uh, they put him on a lower part of the card to give him a bit of pressure off, I think. And yeah, I mean, it's, if the storyline is that he's going to win. Um, Innocente has a puncher's kicker's chance, but I doubt it. And the quality of opponent that Innocente is for, he's never beaten anyone good, particularly either in kickboxing or MMA, really. He's never really beaten anyone brilliant. He's just a, a solid fighter and uh, Andrew Zak is going to uh, wipe the floor with him, I think. I am actually going to change my pick at the last minute. I'm going to go in a center. Originally, oh! it was Andrushek, but uh, yeah, uh, he's going to, as he's a guy that's a big kickboxer, you say he's never beat an update. He beat, uh, I'm, I can never say his name, but Benjamin Adebiguye, whatever, great, amazing kickboxer. Uh, beat him, split decision, but beat him. Didn't watch the fight, so I couldn't him. tell you if it was a yeah. good decision yeah. or not. Fought like yeah, Rico like... Verhoeven and stuff like that, so he's fought That's some of the yeah. yeah, but he's fought some of the yeah, top guys. Uh, get, and I did think he get knocked out by Rico Verhoeven. He did not decision, so he's not getting knocked out by these guys. And Andrzej just has that. He, he goes and he throws wild, and he can be clipped. And I think he's just going to going to catch him and and finish if him probably think, in the first round. If you think that KSW haven't paid an incentive to take a dive, you're fully wrong. He's got Unit, a second fight booked. You need to watch you t- more KSW you know, because upsets like this happen all the time. Like it's not. Yeah, and wh- where do you think this betting money comes from? I'm telling you, Andrew Zach, he might be the underdog in the betting firm. So, and, uh, so if you if you were incorrect about that, so that proves that it isn't 
betting. I'm or just, I'm just saying allegedly, up, Gary. Or... I'm just saying allegedly. I don't even know if this is true. But I'm just saying it seems to help. He's got a second fight booked in March or April, whatever. It seems like he's, he's there. Um... Our next one is, and I'm now that I'm looking at it, say it out loud, I fucking write this name all the time as well. Powell Politilo. Politilo, yeah. I would have thought. Yeah, yeah. I've never, I've, I see these names. I've said his name loads of times. I'm a big fan of him. Um, fights out of SPG. The... Yeah, I was going to say he's the guy in SPG, right? Yeah, and, he's um, been fighting out there yeah. for a while now. He's a fantastic fighter. He's had, I think he came up through, I want to say, had a fight in Bama, one or two or something like that. Uh, I do know from off the top, his uh, debut was against Rakic, who is currently the... Uh, bantamweight champion in KSW and that's the only guy he's lost to twice and I think they were both split decisions as well so he's the only people that have ever beat him in MMA is also the champion so yeah, yeah you've got to say, I think Politilo wins here I think Martinic or whatever his name is I mean I looked at his record right he's a local show hero um, I mean he could shock us here but Politilo He's fought some actually good fighters with good records and have got a lot of experience and he's beaten them. Um, I don't see this being anything other than a route for Politilo. Uh, Martinic just is getting his shot on a big show. He could shock us all. I don't know, but I think I, I, I just think it's going to be a, a very easy uh, win for a guy that's got wins over veterans already. You know, it's, yeah, I'm the exact it's hard to pick against him. I think Powell is definitely going to take that one and look good doing it because he's he's makes a habit of looking good through them. Our next one is who I think should have been fighting for the bantamweight title. You've got Shamil Masayev and he's fighting Urus Jurisic and both undefeated, fourteen and zero versus eleven and zero. Both like have that sort of caliber about them. Both of them have fought some really good guys as well. With Masayev first, uh, obviously I'm just opening these as well. He's fighting in KSW for a while. He fought. Shulikowski, Shulikowski, I think that's how you say his name. Uh, like but the thing is, when she actually do it, and I remember talking about this before as well, he is 14 and 0, but you can essentially break that down to saying he's like 5 and 0. He did go through a lot of his early career. He didn't fight a lot of quality, a lot of experienced guys. But I mean, I would say his first 10 fights were probably, probably yeah, terrible, terrible opponents. And, just out uh, in Russia fighting whoever turned up. Yeah, kind of I mean, stuff like that. Yeah, and he's a you know he's an athlete, and he's fighting these guys that are probably just doing it for beer money, right? So it's it's a big difference, and I think for me that this is why I've picked uh, is it Purisic, Jurisic, sorry Jurisic. I looked at their opponents. I looked at Jurisic's road to where is it eleven zero, and I looked at uh, Basayev's road to fourteen zero. Yeah, Jurisic has had a harder road. Definitely, yeah. He had and Walter Gahadza as well as last fight. He's a tremendous fighter, beat him in Bellator. It was a really good opponent to beat. He's like someone that doesn't get enough credit for how good he was as well. So wasn't yeah, that definitely. in Bellator as well? Yeah, that's Jewish, what Yeah, so sorry, yeah. So he's in Bellator. And also, this guy trains out of ATT. This is a quality camp. He's only yeah. going to get better every day where he is. Um, I don't know where Masayev trains out, to be honest with you. I, I think it's some Russian. Um, yeah, I'm assuming Russia. Team. Yeah. Golden Team is, Russian MMA, that's what the, the site says. Yeah, to me, it sounds like he's the top dog in that gym, right? Jurisic isn't no the top idea. dog. You get better when you're not the top dog. Every day you get better because you're forced to, right? And I think what I see here is Jurisic just uh, not not a, not an easy fight by any means. I think it's a decision and a, and a hard fight, but 
I think Juricic will take this one. I agree with you in a lot of the points about the records and things like that. I just think I've been really impressed with Masayev. Sometimes you can say, yeah, someone doesn't necessarily have the the world's best opponents in the world, but sometimes you're just that good that, yeah, when those opponents come, you're going to show it. And I think this will be Masayev's opportunity to show. He already had that fight against Gamrot that got fell through, so his title fight was gone. But I think this is one that he's going to be able to, like, his coming out party per se, like he comes out, shows that he's he's a top well, yeah, I mean, guy. I, I could be wrong because obviously you look at Khabib's career, right? And his first twenty five fights were against yeah. fucking. I know that's a slightly like, like, Yeah, they were yeah. they they look terrible until you actually click in some of the profiles because you got guys like Ali Bagov, Elder Elderov, like amazing I've guys. A lot of them. Yeah, uh, some no, amazing not, guys in there. Not at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they, they turned yeah. into it being that good. That's like saying Khabib wasn't that yeah. good at that point. Yeah, but what I'm saying is they were easier, right? So if you fall easier down, than they are still, now, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, let's move on to the the co-main, which is a featherweight title, which is insane. Yeah. Because the, the main event isn't a title fight. And the I thing don't is, understand well, KSW. Parnas could be like the uh, the number one sort of non-Polish guy in KSW now. Like he is so well well touted I'm pretty sure I read that he turned down a UFC contract as well like he wants to keep fighting in KSW wants to to prove himself and get a good career going there and things like that and well, I what I would that. say is I would say there's a few things that go along with that number one he's probably getting paid a lot underhandedly which is going to be good for him Secondly, I don't know if he'll be underhandedly I think KSW when you're a big guy for them they just pay you straight up that I think some guys have went on record saying they've earned well Secondly, I would say that I've seen Parnas fight a few times. Uh, only really kind of bits and bobs, but he's a very good fighter. He's 23. I think he wants a few more years at this level because he's not a finisher, right? He's not a guy that finishes fights. He's not a guy that does that. He, he's a very much a game plan oriented fighter. He's very slick with his striking. Uh, he's got a very good fight IQ. He can he can turn things around. Like if he gets pushed against the fence, He's going to wait for the right moment. He's going to turn you around. He's going to take his time, you know, to, to do his work while he's on in the clinch with you. He's, you know, Panas, I think, is going to win this fight, first of all, before we go any further. I think he wins this fight. I mean, the guy that he's fighting, is it Torres? Um, he's fighting Torres. some good... He's fighting some good... He's fought some good guys, and he's beaten some good guys, and he's also lost to some average guys. So it's one of those fighters where it's like, oh, who is this? Does Torres... Does he turn up one day? Does he not another... I don't know. And then Palas, you know, watching him fight, like I say, he's very slick and very, he's very intelligent. And I think he wants a few more years at this level and then he'll probably go further from there. He's 23. I don't I blame him for turning down a contract. To be I can't imagine but, him having a few more years. When you look at the actual people that he's been beating, guys like Morgan Shari, current Cage Warriors champion, Lucas Rajewski, Artur Sawinski, Polish Zombie, Szymanski, Ivan Buckinar, who's going to fight as well at the end of this month. These are some like amazing guys for this level. Like that is, if you can rack up a streak like that at that sort of like European regional sort of level, that is as good a record I could put up against most people as record. And I'd say if he beats Torres, I think I actually heard that he might be considering maybe trying to go for the lightweight title. Don't quote me on that, but I think I might have heard that somewhere. And, uh, I think he might be looking now, thinking, right, I might be ready for that. He's got the title now. He didn't have the title when he turned down the USC contract. That was because Gamrot had it. Uh, it got vacated. He's now being promoted to the full champion from the interim. And yeah, but this is this could be up there with his hardest ones because uh, the last three fights specifically from him, um, 
or sorry, the last two fights from Daniel Torres, uh, Philip Pajic and Max Koga, they're both really, really impressive guys in KSW as well. Like the the one with Koga, though, very controversial split decision. A lot of people had Koga winning that, but again, still a good enough fight to say it was like a split decision. A little bit heartbreaking. Koga doesn't get a title shot now. I didn't actually think that through until I was just saying that out loud. It's actually quite unfortunate for him because I think most people did edge that one to him. Yeah, I mean, and that's one of the reasons, again, when I had a look through that fight, another reason why I thought this is why, um, what's his name, fucking... Saladin Panas. No, 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 not Panas. Daniel Torres. Uh, Torres, sorry, yeah, this is why I don't think he wins. You know, I think Panas is, I think he is bound for better things than KSW from what I've seen. He's a very talented fighter. Beating Morgan Charrier, you know, even though it's earlier in his career, it's no joke. He still had um, 14 fights at that point, Morgan, so it wasn't that early in his career. Yeah, so it was actually a good win. No, I'm saying early in Panassi's career, though. Oh, and right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's, a, that's a great win early in his career, you know, that's a, it's a feather in his cap, and I think he's only getting better, right, and he's only showing more skill every fight that he comes out. I just think it's just, he's got great great takedown defence as well, which is something that I noticed in his fight, uh, a couple of his fights, that these Polish guys are good wrestlers, right? They, they practice all the time, doing whatever, He's just—he's not even getting near to being taken down, and it's it must be so depressive with these guys fighting him. And then again, he doesn't finish fights, and I think that's maybe one reason why. Maybe he's working on something. I don't know. Maybe he's just yeah, polishing striking a bit more. Be I don't a bit know. We thought make people a bit more yeah. scared of him or something. Maybe definitely, definitely a possibility. And that brings us to the main event, and that's just something I'm a little bit surprised about because I actually don't know the most about uh, Shaman Kaleki. Why? Um, why is this the main event? He's the he's like from the looks of his record and things like that. I know I've watched these two fights, but uh, I think because my focus was on the other guy beating uh, Marius Pudzianowski and beating Damian Janikowski. They are two like they are the the resident sort of big hype popularity guys you know so the fact they beat the both of them and stopped the both of them i think and i'm pretty sure he's got some some high level background i don't know how he slipped under my radar to be honest i'm not i don't know how yeah that's that's the the Uh, podzianowski sort of route he's taking it's not but that's what i'm surprised about this fight martin sawada isn't like like one of these other guys that would be different if they were like oh let's make him fight uh like the as a Ogono, I think that's his name, like the professional boxer that just joined former champ, champion. I would think they might go down that route or something like that, something a little bit more freak show-ish, I guess we're calling it. Whereas uh, Zawada's not that at all. He's a guy that's just been out there grinding and actually doing proper fights, a lot of experience. Yeah, I mean, his family's got a lot of name. Uh, Dan Hardy was just talking about um, his family on the um, broadcast recently, saying that him and, him and his brother had a had really like a lot of popularity with their names and things like that. So yeah, it's a, it's a surprising fight, I think, especially as the main event. I mean, it's a surprising fight because it's a 39 year old and a 37 year old going on it in the main event. And they both haven't fought for two years. I find it a bit strange, um, but whatever it is, what it is. Um, I think Kalecki is going to win this fight. He's been on more of a streak than Zawada in the last whatever. And it seems as though Zawada's maybe, maybe got a bit more mileage on him. The Pilecki hasn't got that kind of advanced age in MMA. Do you know what I mean? It's a, to, this was a hard one to pick, though. This isn't an easy one to pick. Like you say, Zuada's actually a very good fighter, and yeah. Pilecki's kind of, I assume, just a celebrity in Poland. And 
And it seems like... You know what um, I mean? Like, it's a name. It's a, it's a weird thing. And I think... So whether as well, a, his, like, rise up, he's, like, the guy that people were beating to be able to become big stars. Like, when you just go a quick scan through his record, Mamed Kaladov, like, the number one guy mm. from all of Poland. Uh, Igor Pokrajic. Yeah, I think that's how you say it. Ex-UFC fighter, if I'm correct. Uh, Jan yeah. Blakowicz, obviously, current UFC champion. Uh... Christoph Jotko, Abu Azaitar, Jonas Bilstein. These are all guys that like are really well known. You know what I mean? Rashid. He beat Yusupov. Christoph Jotko, didn't he? he... Uh, no, he didn't. But it doesn't no, even. It was, it was 2012. So these guys have all beat him to get to that level in the UFC. Obviously, now he's in KSW. He's been there for, I think, three years, this is. Uh, had his only lost once that is to Mihal Materla. So like, that's a, it's a very commendable loss, I suppose. You know, it's not exactly the the end of the world kind of thing. Um, no. But so. I, I, like I say, I've gone plecky because I think it's just mileage and I think, you know, but we'll see, you know, it, again, it's a really hard one to pick. It's, I'm going to go, that's a tough fight. It's, it's, I'm going to go Zawada on it. I think that he's just, he's fought the better guys. He's got that kind of level of experience. It doesn't look like Kalecki has a ton of that top level experience. You say he's on a better win streak right now. I'm not too sure I call Podzianowski and Janikowski no, no. better than Thiago Silva. I said, I said he's on an actual win streak. <laughs> Whereas I didn't say he was on well, a one fight well, is a win streak. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's, Maybe I, I worded it incorrectly. It's not what I meant anyway. <laughs> one I'm fight is technically here. a winning streak. Um, I wouldn't yeah. say it's a streak one fight. <laughs> the beginning. I'd say of at the least streak. two has to be a streak, maybe three. All right. Well, thanks guys for watching us today. That's going to be posted everywhere. So if you're watching the video, that was a bad idea to watch us ugly bastards. We're also going to be on Spotify. The other ones you'll see it all on Twitter. I'm at Europe underscore MMA. You're at something. I'm at MMA all day, baby. <laughs> okay. So thanks for watching, guys, and catch us in the next one, probably next week. No, it will be next week. Yeah, I might get hungover again. Gary. Peace. Gary.